the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 73. This is the fifth and final episode in a study on the book of James. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying this study of the book of James. My intention next week is to start a very new series about what the Bible has to say about leadership. Leadership in the home, leadership in the workplace, leadership in the church, leadership in general, and what the Bible talks about. With that, let's jump into the book of James, chapter 5. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. Well, isn't that a cheery note to start this particular episode on? James is obviously giving a warning to the rich people, and rich people here are specifically people he calls out, not just people who are wealthy, but people who have gotten their wealth on the backs of others. So people who have gotten wealthy while the people who work for them have gotten poorer, the people who've been abusing those who worked for them, people who live in luxury and are self-indulgent people who have condemned and murdered innocent men. And basically, James is saying, and remember, this is in a society that understands riches in general to be a blessing from God. And it's countercultural here to say, listen, you rich people, weep and mourn the misery that's coming upon you. So Old Testament understanding quite often was that if you're wealthy, you're wealthy because God has blessed you. And James is saying, yeah, some of you, though, have gotten there through dishonest means, and there is a reckoning that will come, and it doesn't sound very attractive. James goes on to say, Be patient, then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You, too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. James is looking for the people to have a sense of urgency that because the Lord is coming, because the days are numbered, and certainly our days are numbered, whether they are because the Lord is coming back tomorrow or whether because tomorrow is my personal judgment day, we don't know. But he wants us to live with that sense of we don't have all the time in the world. And with the sense that since judgment is coming, we should cut each other some slack. We should stand firm, be patient, but also we should not be judging one another. And he uses this analogy here of the farmer who's waiting for the crop. There's really not a lot the farmer can do, especially in these days. We're not talking about irrigated farming, where you could force the plant to come up by bringing in the big sprinklers. Basically, what a farmer had was his patience a little luck, and a lot of faith. goes on to say, Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance, and you have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. 
For those of you who haven't heard of Job's perseverance, go back to some of the episodes where we talked about that in the Bible Study Podcast. But Job went through a lot, and he had the patience of Job. That's where the saying obviously comes from. And he says, look at the prophets and think about their perseverance here. And he's encouraging them also to to persevere with the knowledge that God is full of compassion and mercy. To have hope in the Lord, basically, in spite of what may be going on. Because he's writing to a church that is under persecution. Above all, brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, or you will be condemned. Now, we talk about swearing here. We're talking about swearing oaths. We're not talking about cursing. And the idea here is that you are as good as your word. In our culture, we make people swear by the Bible, for instance, when they go into a courtroom. But that doesn't make them more honest people. People who are going to be dishonest or dishonest, and people who are going to be honest don't need that. And partly what he's saying here is, be true, be honest, let your yes be yes, your no be no, Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. I love this little paragraph here that James gives us, just four verses long, that give us a model, I think, for the church and how we support one another. There are times where we are in trouble. There are times when we are happy. There are times when we're sick. And this is basically a little formula that says, if you're in trouble, pray. If you're happy, sing. Sing songs of praise. If you're sick, bring the elders of the church to come and pray for you. Confess our sins to one another. How often we bottle up those things that we have done because we're ashamed of them, because we want to put on a good face, and we don't give ourselves the opportunity for repentance. Because the church has been not forgiving and not supportive, because the church has been condemning, we bottle up those things that we do wrong and we don't give ourselves the opportunity to get rid of them. We are there for each other or we're called to be within the church. We're called to be instruments of healing. We're called to be instruments of forgiveness. We're called to sing songs of praise with one another when times are good, to support one another, to nurture one another, to care for one another. And I think James captures that in these four verses. And then he ends with this note. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the harvest gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. In short, James is telling us that prayer has power. That prayer is a way to connect into a greater power. That God has power and that he delivers it through people who pray. And he gives us this example of Elijah. 
Elijah, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, who caused a drought, or his prayer enabled God to work through to cause a drought when the people of Israel had turned their back on God as a way of showing God's displeasure. And when he prays again, then rain comes. And he's saying, tap into that power. Tap into that relationship with God through prayer and the power and the strength that God provides. And again, notice here that the theme is restoration. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, that is our goal, to bring one another back, to support and care for one another, to cover over a multitude of sins, to save each other from death. And on that note, we end this study of the book of James. I hope you've gotten something from it. And again, next week, we'll start a study on leadership. If you have thoughts on that or on what we should do after that, please let me know. Send email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free Story Behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.